everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening, and if it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, and I did not slap my co-host. <laughs> my name is Craig. Please do not. It was just a joke. <laughs> it was just a joke. Yes, it was just a GTA joke. Ah, yeah. See, there we go. That yeah. was good. That's good, because yep. the, the thing is, is the next thing is we're going to go over news first. Mm-hmm. And I guess because I brought it up, you know, we do talk about movie news here. Yep. And Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Yeah. In the face. At the Oscars. At the Oscars. <laughs> that was really strange. Yeah. Um. To be fair, though, like one, uh, you know. His wife has an autoimmune disease, which causes hair loss. She's, she's had to state it off. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, Will Smith probably should not have slapped somebody for it. Yep. But also, I don't <laughs> – for a little bit there, people were like, oh, wait, the Grammys are on. Because yeah. people didn't know that the Grammys were on. Uh, yeah. When it initially happened. So, like, they did it, and then probably the viewer count went up the roof. So, yeah, I saw, I think they said it was one of the highest watch ones in a while. Um, I think there's better ways he could have handled it for sure. Um, I could see him trying, like, I, in a twisted sort of way, I see him, like, standing up for his wife, right? Because she, you could tell that, like, when Chris Rock first said the joke, that, like, Will Smith was laughing mm-hmm. and Jada was not. So, I, I mean, I get him being like, oh, my wife is actually really upset about this. But that's something I think you kind of wait till afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring it bring it up at the after party and, and take care of it then. If he's still not, you know, apologetic then, then maybe something happens. But, yeah, to get up in front of everybody was – that was wild. Yeah, and, like, his acceptance speech for, like, uh, best actor in that King Richard movie – Mm-hmm. Uh, was definitely kind of like oh, okay, like I don't know. It looks like he's got something more going on. Is what it looks yeah. like to me. Is it is that there is, you know, when you have a lot of stress and over this past week, I've definitely had a lot of stress going on, and I kind of understand how he acted and how he feels because like you first act out of anger, but yeah. then when you look back, that was the dog. Uh, <laughs> you realize that you know what you did was wrong, and you need to like kind of. You know, once your headspace is clear, it starts to get better. So, yeah. like, I, I see where Will Smith is coming from, I guess. Yeah, he's been through a lot emotionally, and I'm not excusing what he did or saying he was right or wrong either way. I think that's up to interpretation. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one. It was just I think everybody kind of got thrown off guard. You got people saying it was fake. I don't think it was yeah. fake for sure. I just think it was he was in a weird place and that joke caught him off guard and felt the need to defend his wife's honor, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it made an in- interesting TV, right? Yeah. It even, even, you know, like you could, t- I could, you could like kind of tell in Chris Rock's face that he wanted to say other things, Yep. but he just went, you know, he kind of knew like, Oh, that was like the greatest moment in television. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what, Chris Rock, you, you're smart. Yep. <laughs> He's, to think of that on the fly instead of getting angry at it. Like I am, he is a comedian, so he's probably had to deal with this before, but he, he was quick on his feet. He got things moving to the next portion. 
and you know went from there of course they didn't stop the internet from (laughs) memeing it to death yeah yeah he uh he definitely knew rather than retaliate to keep his cool he ends up in this case probably looking better because he didn't immediately respond and go after will smith but yeah crazy uh crazy oscars i was not watching it my wife was and she texted me from the other room it's like you have to see this and i had no idea what was going on so it was pretty wild yeah i would agree um so i guess tying into my joke with that would be uh gta rockstar further proving that they are greedy (laughs) greedy people right we have a gta online subscription service coming now exclusively for next gen systems which from all i could tell was makes it easier to get things for a monthly subscription like who who is paying for this i know a lot of people are still playing the game so i'm not going to say nobody's playing the game but who in their right mind is going to pay for this honestly yeah i read all the information about what was coming out with this and everything that they were doing and it's just to me it just doesn't make us like any sense no like first off like it doesn't look good for rockstar because gta already has made jillions of dollars it is (laughs) it is by far the best-selling game and Mm -hmm. also i can't imagine the money they made off of like the shark cards which is their you know the currency you can buy in the real world to put in your currency into gta like it it just isn't a good look and some of the things like what five hundred thousand dollars like that's barely anything really like any you know any of the cool cool stuff in the game that you want costs like eight billion dollars or eight million sorry so it's it's just really confusing as to why now gta wants to do this like and it's confusing in the part of where their marketing team went oh this is a good idea i like i'm sorry but like this is it doesn't make any sense to do this at this time maybe if it was a subscription service to start gta 6 that i think would make a lot more sense Mm -hmm. but you're creating a subscription service for a game that's you know eight seven ten years old what however <laughs> long it's been yeah and uh, I, maybe they're hoping that new people jumping into the game will get the online subscription service but me personally it i just kind of shook my head and went you know like this is the type of thing where gamers need to go in like unison and not buy this and show them that this is like a really bad idea because yeah. imagine if gta makes a ton of money on this like companies are then going to start taking or like taking the outline of this idea and doing it for themselves. Which... Yeah. We're going to go, go back to the uh, world of Warcraft monthly model, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to say, this is just my personal opinion. And I know GTA online is like well loved and like, I enjoyed it at the beginning when it first came out, I played it a lot. But I will say that I personally think that GTA GTA Online is the worst thing that ever happened to Rockstar because they have, at least in my opinion, no real desire to make a GTA 6. I know they are, but like from their point of view, why? If you're still raking in millions on the online portion of GTA 5, I mean, I get why they're like, yeah, we're working on GTA 6, but, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. I just think GTA Online is the worst possible thing that could have happened to this company because it's made them, I think, super greedy and not lazy, but like content, right? Just to be like, eh, we're making money. Yeah. Yeah, it, 
we have to see how this is going to reiterate into GTA six for the most part. But a, a part of me really wouldn't be surprised if GTA six is just a combination of these two things where your story mode and online are all one shared world. And then there's kind of like a thing you can turn on or off, whether it's like a you're in like a shared lobby doing these story missions or whether or not you're just in your own lobby with NPCs doing it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I imagine is the future here for GTA six, because this is just kind of showing how much they're pushing that online portion of things. Yeah, I agree. Next up on my list is the Witcher uh, CD project. Red has announced a new series of games is coming out for the Witcher. And all they really did was tease um, an emblem for the most part. And they did confirm it's a links. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And, also said that the new uh, Witcher game is going to be run on Unreal Engine 5 instead of their own in-home engine, which is interesting because, you know, they did do their own like engine with Cyberpunk and Witcher, which I thought looked nice, but I'm going to go with Unreal Engine 5 just allows them to, instead of like maybe optimizing their own engine, focus on the game and and not have to worry about all the issues that like Cyberpunk ended up having with with their own engine for that matter. So Witcher fans be excited. They're just kind of keeping on with the Witcher content because it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they, this is just another, they pulled in Elder Scrolls, right? Here's a logo. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit further into this than what we expect them to be. Like you think a couple of years. I think so. Yeah, I, I think yeah. for the most part, they probably have two separate teams. Uh, one of them was working on Cyberpunk. The other one worked on Witcher. Once Cyberpunk kind of realized it was a dead fish in the water, uh, they went ahead and went, OK, everybody to Witcher and let's try to get this moved on as like fast as possible or as fast as yeah. you know time can take it. And if that's the case, maybe we see it in the next couple of years. But uh, I will say now that I think about it, like they announced cyberpunk and it was like a 10 year wait for that. It was maybe, maybe I'm a little too optimistic. So, yep. Your life depends on it right now, Barry, which one comes out first elder Scrolls six or Witcher. Wow. That's (laughs) come on. Uh, I'm going to say elder Scrolls six. I'm going to play it. I think that's the right choice. I think we'll see. Even, even if, even if it's like six years from now, like it would be, Knowing my luck, it would be six years for Elder Scrolls and then eight or seven or eight years for uh, for yep. the new Witcher game. Not too far off, but, you know, I don't know how much they need to revamp of the series for Witcher. Because I know we've had a long enough break from the last Elder Scrolls game where, like, a lot should have changed with this series. Where the Witcher may not have to change as much as Elder Scrolls will have, so... You know, I do think Elder Scrolls will come first, but to be honest, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Witcher ends up coming around the same time. Yeah, I could see that. I could also see it coming out before Elder Scrolls, but I think Elder Scrolls will be out first. Yeah. Um, further gaming news of stuff coming out. This one made me angry. Suicide Squad is delayed to spring 2023. So what are we playing this holiday then? <laughs> uh, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> Maybe. Pro, uh, yeah, true, because that, uh, you know, a part of me thinks that would get delayed. But yeah, yeah, like it's going to be the, the Call of Duty game, you know, everything that yeah. comes out with that. And then 
whatever other games get announced during the June series. Who knows? Like, we're still supposed to be getting God of War, so maybe that's going to be also a uh, yeah well, a holiday, still... holiday there. Gotham Knights is still next year, right? That got delayed. Thought, or was it I this thought Gotham year? Knights. No, Gotham Knights is this year. I'm pretty sure October ish. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I guess maybe we'll still have that to play. But man, I'm I'm starting to see that list dwindling fast. Um, mm-hmm. Am I crazy to think that like delays are just a lot more common now in the past year than usual? Yeah, it definitely like, feels like it. But I feel like yeah. that has a lot to do with development under COVID. Yeah. And things changing. And I think like for the next like probably five years, we're going to see a lot of games like get delayed or have dates changed because under COVID circumstances, they would have been sorry, non COVID circumstances. They would have been ready by now. But because offices get moved to home, home ends up being a little bit more hectic than going to the office uh, ends up changing a lot of things for people. So that's why I think we're seeing a lot of this stuff. And it makes sense. Yeah. I just hope that there's a decent amount of games to play this year. And I, there probably will be. We still have E3. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just starting to make me a little nervous as well. Understandable. Well, something to maybe ease your nervousness okay. is the fact that Sony most likely is set to release their gaming uh, service Game Pass. Yes. Uh, answer, codename Spartacus. Look, for, for all I really care about is that it's good. It's supposed yep. to be combining, uh, sorry, combining the aspects of PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus with multiple tiers coming into it. Uh, I just hope that it it's taken so long for Sony to do this. It has to, like, come out and work out well. Mm-hmm. Like, and it also, I think, has to be a deal. Like, I was thinking about this. If it doesn't come in at the same price or cheaper... 15? Then so it's 15 for what monthly for ultimate, right? Yeah. 15. So let's let's consider ultimate here is like the base yep. point of 15. If for it, Sony can't come. Sony can't come out being more than mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate monthly. I do. I think that like Game Pass Ultimate works because it is practically playable on two systems. You can play it on the Xbox and you can play games on PC and you get games for free on PC where PlayStation now does have a like a computer app and you are able to do things like this, like stream games, but you're not getting new, you know, look at uh, Warhammer three of, you know, that was a free game on game on game pass. So you get, you get to, you see the benefits, especially when you're like a two gamer person and you're on PC and also on Xbox where PlayStation doesn't have, you know, the, its own uh, PC store and everything yeah. like that. Like you, it's they need. To, I, I feel like they have to come in cheaper um, to, to make it. And I know they're going to go, oh, you get to play like our back catalog. And yeah, I get that. But mm-hmm. You can also do that on you can do that on Xbox and still and it's still 15 bucks. So if Sony yeah. is looking for this to exceed, it needs to it needs to either be the same price or cheaper. I mean, their back catalog, right? The most important games you would play on PlayStation are in that PlayStation Plus collection right now, right? I, If you're looking at like PS4 games, yeah. I do. Yeah, I'd say yeah. yes. And but how many some... of those have you played? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I mean, like fair. downloaded and played. Oh, since then? No. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, I have none of them. <laughs> yep. But they're... Uh, yeah. 
they do have, you know, the Sly Cooper franchise, which many people love, like the Resistance, the Infamous series, like like those games on PS3. And then there's also games from the PS2 and PlayStation era that like Sony definitely does have the catalog to be like, here, look at all these games, play them with our subscription. But they. While they have a bigger catalog than Microsoft, I don't think they can warrant charging more. Yeah, my things with this is one, it can't be any more than $15. That's first and foremost. Um, Two, they got to put their first party games on their day one. I don't know if they do that, but I think they have to because Microsoft's already doing that. So like they should advertise it as like if they come out of the gates whenever they announce this, they're like it's $14.99 a month play God of War the day it comes out. Like that's huge, right? And then the other thing I need from them is what you said. I need them to be like, doesn't have to be all of them, but here's some PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 collections. Um, You know, like maybe the first party games on PlayStation 1 and 2. If you can do that, like Nintendo's doing with their Nintendo and Super Nintendo 64, then I'm definitely in and I think they'll make a killing. But I think first and foremost, they have to put their first party games on there included day one for 15 a month. They have to. Yeah, like there are rumors about what else it's going to include, like mm-hmm. uh, like access to betas in a way. Also, like early downloads to certain games and that kind of thing. And that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, but whether or not, you know, is this going to have EA play? you know, bundled in with it, much like right. how Microsoft already has. So there, there's all these question marks and, you know, we'll see what ends up happening here. But I I feel like Sony's done so much research because this has been brewing for a while, this rumor, and it's never happened. A part of me doesn't expect it to actually be announced this week. But, yeah. you know, we'll, we will see. And when it does, we'll definitely have our opinions. You know, I'll have my opinions on Twitter for mm-hmm. whether or not it's good or not and whether or not you should buy it. Uh, just please make it worth it. For people. Sony. Let me play like this stupid layer game from PS3. Let me use yeah. my dual sense and ride around in a dragon. I played through Resistance again. So would I. Those and are fun. I'll, I also miss Killzone. Yeah, uh, I really I really liked, you know, Killzone 1, 2 and 3. I, I actually even like Shadowfall for PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it's it's that kind of things that Sony has that Microsoft doesn't. So they just really need to push themselves to actually yeah. allow it to happen. I, I feel like they I feel like they don't want to, but they just should. Yeah, for sure. I see them being like, we don't want to include games day one in this because we make more money selling it. I just don't think they have a choice because of what Microsoft has already established as like, there's no need to buy first party games anymore. You just pay for Game Pass. I think they're kind of stuck. If they don't do that, then I think it's literally destined to fail and nobody's going to want it. But I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens. But uh, my last piece of news that I have is a happy one. We okay, are good. Make it happy. Yeah, we're going to go happy. So we're recording a little bit later than normal. So we're recording on Monday, March 28th, 2022. Do you know what today is, Barry? Oh, it is Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary. 20 years of Kingdom Hearts. The first Kingdom Hearts was released 20 years ago today. How do you feel? Old? Uh, (laughs) 
I not not necessarily old, but uh, I, I have been like I have been very active on the Reddit today, yeah. and it's still amazing. Like the debt, like how how hardcore people are for Kingdom Hearts still. Yeah, like you see these types of fan bases with like Halo, but I still don't even think Halo has this type of fan base. Like Kingdom Hearts has such a special place, and, and I don't even know why I'm going into such detail. But <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has such a special place in so many people's hearts, combining Disney and Final Fantasy, two of some of the most prominent franchises, one in the film and cartoon and animating industry, and Final Fantasy, like the RPG, like the RPG series that's been around the longest. Yep. So it's it's really cool to see. And I just really hope that there is supposed to be an event on April 12th of four kingdom hearts. I just hope that they reward fans with some sort of new game announcement. It's going to be a mobile game. You know, they just, but the thing is, is that they sunsetted the mobile game. Yeah. Like the mobile games, like they're done. You you can still play them, but you, uh, but there's nothing in it for you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could hold out hope. I don't think it'll be a, a new entry. Maybe it'll be a, point something right yeah you know to be fair i really liked their rhythm game i would take another rhythm game (laughs) but the rhythm game the rhythm game already has all the songs so i really don't even need it it would just be like a let me give me a a guitar hero keyblade type thing (laughs) that that would be like it would be lame but it would still be cool (laughs) you'd buy one to hang on your wall and one to play Yes, exactly. I I would get like two of every edition, one to keep in a box and the other one to use. Most likely I'd go broke, but (laughs) your love for Kingdom Hearts knows no ends. It it, you're right. And, you know, I have the collector's edition for for Kingdom Hearts three in case anybody forgot. You know, I have the (laughs) the console. I have the console. Yep. And a bunch of other crap. Yep. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) What a what a lovely what a lovely thing to reminisce. You know, email or message me your favorite Kingdom Hearts moment if we have listeners. Go go ahead and I'll tell them if they're crap or not. As That's the fair. as the as the Apex Kingdom Hearts fan, I can tell you whether or not your opinions right are wrong. valid. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. And last on my list is going to be we are getting an official NFL game that is coming to PSVR and the Quest. I just did it just because you know, one thing that I thought would make sense in VR, because like we are already getting like ton of golf games. Like I'm really surprised like MLB doesn't come out with a baseball game or that's in like kind of the motion of like Wii Sports almost. But like football is like perfect yep. for for this type of thing. So I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. But the fact that it's like an official NFL game. Annually, I think right? It, yeah, yeah, I think it is a good like news for the quest to go to show how popular it is. Like the quest is by far the most popular VR headset that, you know, we've seen to date. And the fact that it continues to come out with new games continues to be powerful enough to run these new games just kind of goes to show that, you know, VR is growing. And that's why, like for, you know, this game's also coming out on PSVR because PlayStation sees that um, potential in it. But Surprised it took so long. Hopefully we see other um, other ones fall suit. Yeah, just have to see how in-depth they go, right? Like if it's just like, oh, you're just playing as a quarterback or if you can actually pick where you want to play 
it has a lot of potential. I think it could be pretty cool. It just depends on how much time and effort they put into it. Yeah, exactly. All right, so ready for games this week then? Let's do it. All right, so I just stopped Elden playing. Ring. <laughs> I, I stopped playing Elden Ring. That's good. the key here. Wait, I stopped for good? Playing. Not probably for good. Not for okay. Good. Okay. I'm okay. playing. I'm playing other games. Okay. Uh, so for me, it's going to be Tiny Tina's Wonderland mm-hmm. and Kirby's Forgotten Adventure. What did you play? So I played Tiny Tina. I played Ghostwire Tokyo. And I forgot last week that I started playing Shredders, so I played a bunch more of that. Um, but those are the three I played this week. Why don't you talk about Shredder first? Because it's the yes. it's kind of the older of all the games. Yeah, Shredder is on Game Pass. Um, it is a snowboarding game that I've had my eye on for quite a bit because it's supposed to be the most faithful to snowboarding, um, which I think is kind of cool. So I will say it's not like a it's not a big budget game, right? This was made by a smaller studio, um, but the snow physics are really good. It just it takes some time getting used to the controls, but I think once you do, it just feels good. Like it's a good old fashioned snowboarding game. Um, it's not like a SSX where you're going to be doing like four flips and you know what I mean? It's more grounded, I guess, but man, it just feels great. Like I can't overstate that enough. It just, it flows um, your ability to, you know, slow down or speed up to adjust yourself for jumps and rails feels good. Um, it's just, it's a blast to play. The story mode's kind of eh, like there's a lot of cutscenes and, kind of cringy but uh yeah i'm having a blast with it and again it's on game pass so like go pick that up if you enjoy snowboarding games now like you know for me the apex of snowboarding games is sean palmer's yes snowboarding is Mm -hmm. it that it's not quite like the tony hawk style controls where it's like a jumps x is your flip it's not like that like you have to hold you hold the left trigger down to get ready for a jump right and if you want to do a flip you're pulling back um on the stick and then right when you let go to jump you push up and it'll give you a faster spin same thing with like normal spins you're holding left and then throwing it right um and then your grabs are the shoulder buttons and then you're kind of moving the uh your analog stick to adjust like tweak your grabs so it's not like the arcade style it's like an in-between but i think you would get maybe more like skate yeah kind of in a way that it uses the sticks yeah kind of um it 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 doesn't it's not quite like identical to something i can't really put my finger on it but it just feels good you know okay like i know i enjoy sean palmer a lot um it's not sean palmer so i don't want to like set your hopes up for you for that but they do have like you know collect all the letters um, at some point, okay. or you can just go to the top of the mountain and just snowboard down and just hit stuff and just yeah. kind of chill. But yeah, it's fun. If you told me it was Sean Palmer's, I might've just paused the podcast right <laughs> here and just went to download it while we were doing it. So. I mean, I think everybody should at least try it. If you've had any fun with snowboarding games in the past, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go into tiny Tina's wonderland. Cause we both mm-hmm. played that. Uh, how much Borderland- uh, I am at least, I think, two or three hours in. Okay, I'm about the same. Into the game. Uh, so Tiny Tina's. Yeah. Uh, first off, I guess the kind of thing that surprised me the most is that the past, like, three Border 4 Borderlands games have all had this distinct look 
that doesn't look too much different from each other. I'm really impressed with how smooth everything looks. And I, I'm not sure if it's just the next gen versions that make it look this way, but the game looks pretty mm-hmm. um, where past Borderlands never really did anything for me uh, in the graphics department. You know, maybe it's the voice capture uh, that they're using to, like, get animations and everything like that from them. But I was I was very impressed very impressed with how you know know what i think it is i think the cell shading is isn't as harsh this time around you know how like the older borderlands it was like all the outlines of the characters are like thick black lines right yeah like that's still there i just think it's not quite as prominent now so i think it looks better because of that i yeah i hope so because like moving forward like i i i like that this game looks prettier and that it's Mm -hmm. better to look at because borderlands 3 is just like sensory overload and the game doesn't necessarily look fantastic doing it. Uh, Especially because most of the, well, at least some of the lands in Borderlands 3 are kind of like these mundane desert areas. Like there isn't really too much to them, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, overall, like the graphics department, I'm very impressed with. So what, what's the next thing you want to talk about with Tiny Toons? Um, I mean, first and foremost, it's another Borderlands game, right? Like, I don't think that's changed. Yeah, I. it's still a Borderlands game, but I think yeah. it strays enough from the original, like, path to, you know, not be called Borderlands. Yeah. Instead, it's, you know, Wonderland. In this yeah, case. I, I think I like the change of style. I mean, it's a little change of style, but I like it being a tabletop like D and D type game. I think that works well. Um, I think that that overworld is hilarious with like walking through the tall grass, gets you encounters. I think that's yep. hilarious. Like that's yeah. smart. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I know a lot of people aren't fans of tiny Tina. They find her obnoxious. I don't find her obnoxious. Um, I think the voice acting, they got some heavy hitters. Yeah, Wanda um, Sykes right out of the bat, right off yep. the gates. Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. As well. uh, Will, who is that? Uh, he plays Lego Batman. Will Arnett. He, Will Arnett. Yeah, he's the villain, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of, like, we played the whole way through Borderlands 3, right? Like, yeah. we got the whole way through that. Wouldn't say it's the greatest game, but I had a decent time with it. I think that. Like, if you're in the right mindset for a Borderlands-type game where you're constantly getting better guns and shields, then you're going to have a good time. I think if you're over Borderlands or you're burnt out on Borderlands, then it's you're going to get burnt out on this, right? I could see that, yeah. Yeah. I-, I could definitely see that. I think for a lot of people, like, this game, like, leans heavily into the D&D aspect, which is mm-hmm. something I actually really like for this game you know borderlands has always been about creating your character uh like leveling up choosing the abilities you want to do and i think that really translates into this D formula really well you know they straight up call things character sheets yeah. you know and that's and you know they have constitution and intelligence and dexterity like it's all really really like on the nose for how they want to do D, but i i feel like almost in a way that this is a really like fun sort of campaign. Like if you're a D and D person, 
like you can play this with four other friends and, you know, Tiny Tina is your DM yep. and you're just kind of along the ride for it. And like I I think I found Tiny Tina a little bit annoying in Borderlands 3, but I really like this version of her yeah. um, here. Like I get it's all about explosions and whatnot with her usually, but the fact that she is such a fun, like, you know, dungeon master for this game where, you know, she, you know, literally the world is just like, oh, and she said, here's a bridge. So a bridge pops up. There yeah. aren't explosives there, but she says there are explosives. So they pop up. I, I, I like that. It's kind mm-hmm. of this really unorthodox way of telling the story that, you know, we've played such games like, you know, God of War, Last of Us 2 and these very heavily scripted, you know, very serious toned games where the story here is kind of just taking itself pretty lightly and, you know, treating you like a new player of, you know, I think it's bunkers and badasses. Is that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bunkers and badasses. So, yep. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's really fun. I, I am honestly extremely surprised mm-hmm. with how much I'm enjoying this game. And that's whether with friends or without friends, uh, to be completely honest. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction for sure. I've always enjoyed the Borderlands games, and I'm having a good time with this one. I think this kind of suffers a little bit from what Horizon suffered with, which is it came out alongside two other games. So, like, I'm having a good time playing Tiny Tina, but also there's Kirby out there, and also Ghostwire Tokyo came out. So it's like trying to figure out which one I want to spend my time with right now has made it a little bit harder to stick with it. Whereas if this was a week where it was just Tiny Tina, I'd probably be, you know, like 10, 15, 20 hours deep in it already. Exactly. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how long it is, but like maybe almost done with it already. But I feel like I'm like, all right, I did. I do enjoy this, but I need to play this too. You know, you're just getting pulled. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's the tough part about this. And I know like you're going to talk about Ghostwire Tokyo mm-hmm. here in a minute. I didn't get to play it, but my roommate, uh, did did play it uh and one thing i'll tell you is like i immediately fell in love with like their like japanese rendition of the world it looks yep. fantastic but i'll mm-hmm. let you take it away from there because that's really all i saw yeah it's um this is a weird game but i think it works it's so weird like it's not quite a horror game i wouldn't call it that it has moments that are kind of not really jump scares but kind of mess with you a little bit um but overall like the story is interesting i think the fact that they're keeping it entirely in japanese with subtitles is a good good thing um to kind of get you in in the mood or you know i i don't know if you can turn if they have you can. Oh, okay mm-hmm. i didn't even bother um but i think it's really really good i didn't ex- i don't know i didn't expect it to be this good I think the character, your movement is a little sluggish. Um, And like, I've been trying to adjust with it to make it a little bit faster. What we're more used to in like a first person game is this is slower. It's more of a, um, more of like a Resident Evil slower. Like you turn kind of slow. Aiming is kind of slow. But I like the idea of, you know, you do have a bow, but it's not like guns and that kind of stuff. It's you're using spells. Um, yeah. and like and shooting different things and you have like a fire wind water spell it's all very cool um there's a lot of side missions that i've that pop up 
and some of them are better than others that can kind of bog you down a little bit. But overall, I don't think from what I've read, the game is like super long. I want to say it's like 10 to 15 hours, maybe. Um, so that's good. I think movement, like you can latch on to, I forget what they're called, but they're like these bird spirits up in the sky that you can latch onto and go up onto the rooftops. Um, that makes getting around a lot easier. And like you said, like the environment is fantastic. They did such a good job. It's fun just kind of walking around um, and exploring. Uh, but yeah, some of the, uh, some of the, I don't know what you call them, like the spirits that you're fighting against are downright creepy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had one that was like, I was going to cleanse a shrine, which is what you do to clear out like uh, space so you can explore more. And I got grabbed by one, which was like a predetermined cutscene, if you will. And she was terrifying, like absolutely <laughs> terrifying. And she's right in my face. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is a really good game. I think this one might sneak into some top tens. I, it might end up on mine. We'll see how I it hope, ends. Uh, I hope so. Like, I'm going to buy it uh, yeah. just when we start to get through more of the more of the back the log here, because launching three pretty big, you know, games all on the same day just kind of feels like heresy and should be outlawed. Mm -hmm. in many gaming cultures but they did it anyway so all we can really do is go from go from here uh yeah, it's crazy it. that all three of these came out on the same day yeah i uh, you know but i think in a way and to try to transition is that all three kind of deserve it or yeah well all three deserve the spotlight is what i'm trying to say here because kirby and the forgotten land of uh, i I haven't been as hooked to my switch as of late where this game, I'm definitely feeling more hooked okay. to, uh, to Kirby's. Um, th this is kind of the first time I've played Kirby other than Kirby's all-star. And apparently that wasn't like anything new to other games where like, this is Kirby's apparently jump into the 3d world and also kind of the jump into, I, I almost feel like it's, it's tr this transition where it's almost like Super Mario 3D World, which I loved. And mm -hmm. that game was fantastic on Wii U. And I find myself playing this playing the same way here. You know, Kirby's powers are a lot more interesting, to be fair, than Mario's. So I'm I'm really liking it. And on top of that, too, you know, as you continue to go and you get these coins and you get rewards, you get to level up your powers. So you're also experimenting with new powers because as you go along because it used to just be okay you swallow the boomerang guy you get the boomerang thing but you could eventually upgrade that to throw two or three boomerangs at once and it makes it feel new and it makes it feel fresh in a way that i didn't expect and the game uh like gameplay wise i've been enjoying because it feels more like a super mario 3d world which i loved and then on top of that this game is surprisingly pretty uh this is one of the few games that I've been enjoying playing Dot on my TV where the carnival area looks fantastic and the beach area also looks like really detailed. And I'm kind of, you know, it, it, it almost makes me wish that like the new next gen switch was already here because I would have really liked to see what they could have pulled off with, you know, a 4K looking version of this Kirby game because it looks spectacular and Nintendo games tend to have the most color 
and vibrancy yep. out of like Microsoft and Sony. And you would think that, you know, me and my me and my brain would go, ooh, pretty lights. I want to play. And <laughs> that's that's what they should take advantage of here. You know, it I feel like the, the only bad thing I have about this game is I feel like it's almost like a missed opportunity where there is so much more potential for this game that we maybe could have gotten had a more powerful version of the switch come out. Maybe they could have put more stuff into the game. Maybe they could have bumped up the resolution and frame rate. They, they could have done so much more. I think that we're just not getting because, you know, Nintendo first party people are, you know, testing the limitations of the base switch. And that's something that eventually needs to be broken. You know, they did it with the Nintendo, the new Nintendo 3ds when mm-hmm. certain games were only coming out for that console. So I think eventually we just need to start. If if Nintendo truly wants to catch up to Sony and Microsoft, they need to start having their first party games be optimized and start having them play on the on whatever next gen console or just release a console that's actually on par with them for once. Like, I get it. They're kind of the console for everybody. But your switch is sold like hotcakes. Like people (laughs) will buy the upgraded switch if it's five hundred dollars like the nintendo fanboys are insane like yeah like we we will do anything to get the new console and we'll 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 pay no matter how much it costs maybe not like 700 or 800 i'm not letting nintendo go crazy here but they can price it this as long as it's on par for power with the newer consoles they can charge the same price and then people have to choose between three ways and most people will decide between a PlayStation and a micro uh, and an Xbox and then get the switch as their second console. Like yep. they don't, they don't need to compete because everybody I know who's a gamer as well. Even if you only have one console, they have the switch too. Yep. So th- this didn't mean to turn into a rant, I guess, but it kind of <laughs> did. Uh-huh. You don't think, um, I think the switch has benefited from the fact that you can dock or take it on the go. You think that if they were to come out and be like, here's our equivalent of a PS5 or a Series X, but at that point, it is only going to be a console, right? It's not going to be something you can handheld. You think they're going to, I would think they're going to lose some people on that, right? But, and hear me out. Sure. What if you can still use your Switch in tandem with this? Like, Mm -hmm. let's say, like, Nintendo's been working, of course, on their online stuff and, and like, saved shared experience why not when i connect to wi-fi that the game like all of my you know saves get uploaded between you know the portable version and the home console and then allow me to stick the same game into the console and let it run at that upgraded frame rate like you they could technically use both and imagine if you could use both and and have this seamless experience between the two like, I, I feel like that's it almost feels like it's the next step here where if you want to play games on the go, you know, they're going to be a little bit more um, downgraded, but then release, you know, have the have the upgraded version that you can download onto the system that can't move and then play it that way. I just feel like Nintendo should hire me. That's that's what I'm saying. The, the only problem with your argument, which is a good argument, is that Nintendo is routinely five to ten years behind everybody else with that kind of stuff so thinking that they would be able to come up with some sort of 
streaming from your home console to your handheld, they're like 10 years away from that. They just, they don't, they don't even have party chat. (laughs) You know, you're not wrong. Like you're, you're right. Like Nintendo constantly feels like they're behind, but I feel like there's more of this push for them before to get to the next to to get to like current gen consoles. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it could probably, you know, be power wise on par with the one X or the PS4 pro and people would be happy with that. And then you could charge 400 instead of 500 or if those parts are cheaper charge 350 or something like that but so, uh speaking of they should hire you they should just hire us because hear me out on this e3 this summer right yeah we still haven't we still haven't seen really anything from breath of the wild 2 correct yeah correct Absolutely. so what if at e3 this year they give us the gameplay everybody's been yelling for for breath of the wild right we get the five minute Breath of the Wild, here it is. It's coming out soon. But what if they then cut to this is Breath of the Wild 2, but now here it is running on the new 4K 120 frames Switch console? Yeah. The internet would lose its mind. Yeah. Right? And and you think like the console war is bad now? Oof. That thing comes Oof. out? Yeah, it would it would yeah. all all three pillars of gaming society would collapse on itself. Yep. They would win E3 hands down. They would break the internet. It would be everywhere. And you would have more hype for your console than mm-hmm. you would steal it from Xbox and Sony. If that was the mm-hmm. case, you would steal the show if you did that. Yeah, 100 percent. So see, they need to hire us. What are they doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's because they're 10 years behind. They should have hired us 10 years ago. They're going to hire Call us 10, 10 years, years too late. Nintendo. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's go ahead into movies, sure. which. To be fair, I only watch Showtime again because like okay. March Madness, basketball is uh, basketball playoffs coming. So I've been watching a lot of sports, but I also wanted to give a short thing to the Oscar winners yeah. for uh, for movies this year. Uh, for the most part, Best Picture went to Coda, which I didn't realize I've heard of, but I now need to watch it <laughs> yeah. because I had I saw trailers for this movie, but it was on Apple TV plus. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't watch it, uh, but it won Best Picture. So I, I think I should watch it. Uh, Dune also cleared up like a, like cashed in on a lot of awards. Yep. And I really think that Best Original Song. How did that not go to Encanto? What's they, they didn't pick the right one. They nominated they they should have nominated. We don't talk about Bruno, right? Yeah, but it was the it was it was, you know, Dos Dos Aruguitas. Like, I'm sorry, but that song's also a banger. Like, I just love every song in that movie. So uh, I'm I'm a little biased in every way. Uh, But, you know, to, you know, uh, Encanto did win best animated feature, which it was going to win by a landslide. It wasn't even close. They should they could have literally put like Encanto for all four categories and then uh, for for best animated feature. And it would have it would have been a shoe in no matter what. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's see. What did I watch? I also watched Showtime or yeah, Winning Time. Show, is it Showtime? I don't remember uh, what it's called anymore. Well, like I think it's called Winning Time. But like yeah. at the end of season at the end of episode four here, he goes Showtime. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, now let's do it. So I just I'm calling it Showtime now. That's fair. Um, I watched that as well. I also watched uh, Jackass Forever. 
Okay. And uh, I watched the first four episodes of Minx on HBO Max. Minx. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and talk about Minx. I guess I I've I've been meaning to watch Raised by Wolves on that, HBO. I tried. On HBO Max. I hated it. Hated Did you? It. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was boring. I, I was only looking forward to it because like Ragnar from Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he plays a pretty big role in it, and I liked his kind of crazy character. And if he played something similar, I probably would have liked it. Yeah, you're gonna have to but, watch it and give a second opinion because I was like, this is the most boring show I've ever seen. But okay, maybe you enough. have a different opinion. Um, so Minx, uh, this one's gonna be hard to describe and not uh, and keep it safe <laughs> for work. Um, the basic premise of Minx is there is a woman. This is the, I believe it's the 80s, who has always wanted to start her own magazine for women's empowerment. Um, But at the time, all the magazine companies are run by men who have no interest in doing that. Um, So she is looking for someone to publish her her magazine. Um, And what she comes across is the only person who will give her a shot is a man who publishes porn magazines, right? So basically what this ends up being is they end up coming with the first uh, magazine tailored specifically to women, Um, specifically in it's not a porn magazine, but kind of. Uh, So first and foremost, this this show is hilarious. I enjoy it a lot. You have to be okay with seeing a whole lot of the male anatomy, and I mean a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So. If you're not comfortable with that, don't even bother because there is so much of it, it's insane. Um, But that being said, this show is absolutely hilarious um, and I'm having such a good time with it. And uh, I think people should give it a shot. I just wanted to throw that warning out there. Don't watch it around your children. And you probably shouldn't watch it around your parents, (laughs) any of that, but it's a very good time. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, I think you'll have a good time. Cool. Uh, like just a heads up, I do plan on reviewing Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, uh, the new mm-hmm. anime film that came out. I just haven't had time to get out to it, so that will be on next week's episode. Uh, Showtime for me just continues to keep its uh, keep its head rolling. Yep. Like Craig and I can't say it enough. Like you should be watching this. Yep. Like I I am completely enamored with like their version of Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and I don't <laughs> know if he's like this in real 100%. life, but it's. <laughs> You know, it's it's part of these like basketball lives and they do disclaim at the end of the show like, hey, things have been dramatized for the sake right. of it. But all of like if this was the drama that was going on, like this is so much fun to just like watch <laughs> and have it back seated, you know, between yeah. coaches, uh, the fact of like balancing money between the Lakers franchise, because like for me, all I know is the Lakers is like this gigantic franchise. I don't know them really before you know, the, the gigantic franchise. I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. but I didn't know any of the players around him. And I, I knew, sorry, I knew Magic Johnson, of course. Right. But the players around them, you had never really heard of. Like, I didn't grow up in that era. So, like, I'm learning more about, like, the players' personalities and everything like that and kind of how the Lakers became this show, you know, show star of the NBA in a way. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. What I really want to know is after this whole season's over, or if it's more than one season, I don't know, but I need somebody to sit down with Jerry West and ask him how he feels about how he's being portrayed in this show. 
because I can't imagine he's happy. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's been a known fact that Jerry West is not the nicest guy in the world. But, man, the way they portray him in, in this show is uh, not great, right? Yeah. He's, he's not a great person. Um, and the other people, like, from my basketball knowledge, I think are portrayed pretty well. Pat Riley, um, who would go on to be a great coach. I think he's portrayed pretty well. Uh, but yeah, this is, man, this show is great. Such a yeah. great, I don't even think you have to like basketball to be into this show. Mm-hmm, I agree. It's crazy. But, and, uh, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about here? Yeah, just uh, Jackass Forever. Yeah, Jackass, um, yeah. This is what, the fourth, fifth? I don't even know how many movies we've had now. Um, Jackass is such a big part of, I think, everybody's childhood. It was mine. Um, I think everybody, at least most people at some point, because of the show, the TV show and the movies, went out and recorded themselves and their friends being stupid because of that. Yeah. Um, I know I did. Um, I think if I dug around hard enough in the deep, dark recesses of YouTube, you could probably find me. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is I have such a soft spot for Johnny Knoxville and, and everybody else in Jackass that like I always look forward to these movies. And it's been it was great to see them make a point to there's a ton of new people because these guys are getting old and there's multiple times where they're doing different stunts and they'll say to them, like, nah, we've done our dues. It's your turn. Like, I appreciate that, like handing the baton to the newer generation. Be like, no, we killed our bodies for 20 years. We're done. We're just going to stand here and watch you guys get hurt because you're young and you can take it. Um. Johnny Knoxville is a national treasure and I will always love Jackass. So I think this is the best one they've done. Um, and hats off to them. I know they probably won't make any more, but I would watch 15 more if they made them. Yeah. Like the Jackass movies. And, and you're right to say that like at one point they were such a huge part yep. of, uh, of like the, of our childhoods. And on top of that too, like you were either like, I can't tell you how many times I come across where I'm like in a bad mood or something like that. And then I see a random jackass video and it just makes you laugh or <laughs> smile or smirk because yep. what they're doing is just stupid and insane. But yep. it the amount of the, the amount of laughs and smiles they give to other people, I think that's why like a lot of it, you know, it's called jackass forever and why you're probably right. It'll be the last one, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a celebration of it in a way yep. where uh, it's it's a celebration of all of like all the things they had done, you know. Steve-O has made such a huge comeback in his own personal life yep. since, you know, since Jackass and everything that went through with him. So it's it's nice to see them like do Jackass forever and just really hand the torch off to new people, but also celebrate in a way. And especially, you know, when with the covid year and like with nobody feels like there's time to smile or laugh at anything anymore, like there's Jackass to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think part of it, too, that is like you don't expect a movie like this to be heartwarming, but I think it can be, is the fact that when you watch those old ones, and specifically, I remember being in like the theaters for one and two, and it was just like, let's see how drunk we can get, and let's just do the dumbest things to each other. When we get to this one now, and you see they've all changed to like, they're always filming, so you'll see them like sitting at set, right? But they're not drunk anymore. They're sitting there drinking coffee like old men. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's just like the transition has come complete. Like you said, Steve-O is just like it's great to see him go from like almost near death because of all yeah. the drugs he was doing to being like 
the the upstanding citizen he is today and trying to help people. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody should also give that a watch to support those guys. They've they've done a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I will admit, like, you kind of either like them hurting themselves or you think it's stupid. But either way, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, stupid, no matter what. Yeah, I agree. So that's going to be it for this week's podcast. I do plan on putting out the video from last week. Sorry, guys, just been really uh, just had a lot going on. So I do plan on getting it done. So please bear with me. I promise uh, the video for last week's and this week's will probably come out around the same time. But the podcast, as always, will be up on Tuesday tomorrow here uh, in, in order for everybody to listen before the video. So if you guys liked it, please make sure to share it with your friends and review it on your listening platform of choice. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, we have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we also have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com that you could, you know, send us questions, hypotheticals, or tell me how your favorite Kingdom Hearts moment so I can judge it on air. <laughs> yeah, uh, And I can tell you how it's invalid and how it's not the best moment in, in Kingdom in, Hearts. In a two-hour discussion on why it's not the right answer. Yeah, and that would be the entire podcast. If you guys want me to, I could. But let's be honest, I don't even want to do that. Uh, That's fair. (laughs) So with that, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. See you later.